favorite. He'll probably make an appearance. I just got home not that long ago, and he was alone for like four hours, so he's feeling kind of sassy. Oh. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but I ran away for a minute because he I had like one closet door open and he'd like crawled into the recycling bin and was just like messing stuff up. So I had yeah. to go put everything back in and take him out. But... Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I just want to say, like, can we just talk about like a low key? Oh, you can't show it. But low key weekend. I'll get into I'll get into it. I'll just be like, it's a low key week, guys. Once we go after the Dutch Grand Prix and it's the, the Instagram photo of like all the <laughs> driver changes. So I love it. Okay. Oh my gosh. All right. Um, okay, we so we know the format. FP2 starts in two hours or in eight hours, by the way. I was like, what? <laughs> How early are they starting? I, I still need to figure out like who I'm picking for drivers this weekend. Like I'm still figuring out. Maybe this podcast. Oh, I, I, I have mine locked. I, well, oh, I still don't have it. Pardon? Go ahead, Erica. Sorry. No, I was saying, like, because ours for the sprint weekends, they move it up. And uh, so, like, qualifying, even because even though it's not, like, for the race, it's for the sprint, which kind of counts in it. They uh, locked it at noon today. So we had to have it in. I think Max finishes top five. I think Lando's going to have a fucking stellar performance, so I'm good there. Bottas is going to come back from the behind because he's going to – does not give a shit anymore. <laughs> Alpine's yeah. Alpine and McLaren have a strong showing because they had a pretty solid week so far yeah. boom fantasy team done oh it was Ocon because he had a racing streak so i turboed him because yeah really same here he's just top 10 i get some nice yeah he's a, he's usually a safe bet when on the uh juicy points no french was it the french grumpy he won yeah he did no uh, hungary hungary sorry my apologies Hungarian. Um, who won the french grand prix was it this year yeah max they oh, uh, yeah they they pulled a uh they pulled uh, uh, they Austria. Mercedes. Mer- yeah, they pulled a Hungary on Mercedes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think we got everything. Yeah. Two stop over the one stop worked. And that's when Valtteri's like, why the fuck did no one listen to me when they said this was going to be a two stopper? <laughs> I felt so bad for that one. All right. Team, ready to do this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, just stretching out. Uh, what episode? Okay, what episode are we on? I think we're on four. Five. Yeah, we're on four. Oh, is this four? Four. Yeah, four. Cuatro. See, si. okay. Cuatro, yeah. I don't know why I'm this nervous. Okay, I got this. Just start talking. You'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be easy. Okay, ready? So we're going to count down five, four, three, two, one. What's up, guys? X Ricci here, bringing you episode four of the F1 podcast. It is me, Ricci, and my co-host Andrew. What's up, guys? And, girls. and my other co <laughs> and my other co-host Erica. What's up, y'all? And it is Friday night, so not we don't normally do it this late during the week, but today is going to be a double header. We're going to touch a little bit about the Dutch Grand Prix as we roll into the Italian Grand Prix. And also there's been a lot going on this week in terms of driver changes. So we're going to touch a bit about that. And also we're going to answer some fan questions because we love the fans and we appreciate all the questions we got. Uh, uh, Before we start, you know, make sure to hit that subscribe button and big announcement. We are on SoundCloud. Uh, I mean, I'm on the regular SoundCloud, so I can't post a lot, but we are on SoundCloud. We, I think you could do a, (laughs) 
first preview of the first three episodes. Maybe this episode, depending on how long, but we'll see. But anyways, just want to thank everybody for the support. Uh, Andrew, myself, and Erica really appreciate it. So I think without further ado, uh, let's talk about the Supermax Dutch Grand Prix. Um, as no secret, uh, Super Max, was- Max, Max, Super Max, Max, Super, Super Max, Max, Max. <laughs> um, uh, Max Verstappen pulls off a home win at his home uh, Grand Prix, and Red Bull sees the day that day. It's no question about it. Um, so the standings went Max Verstappen one, Hamilton two, Bottas three, G- Gasly four, Leclerc five, Fernando Alonso six, Carlos Sainz seventh, Sergio Perez eight, Ocon nine, Lando Norris 10, and et cetera, et cetera. So I guess I'll just open up the floor to the team. Let's start with Andrew. What were your thoughts of the Dutch Grand Prix? So I, I thought overall it was a it was, I love the track. Personally, I thought it was a really interesting track. Uh, it was very physically demanding track from what I've heard from Hamilton, especially if you're trying to catch up the entire time. There's not much time for a break. Uh, I, to me, overall race, not many high moments for me. Like a few key moments, though, was Max blowing out everybody out of the water. Like it was yep. a clear, evident W, um, you know, with the whole Dutch supporters behind him and all the orange flare smoke. Coming into the fi- uh, going into the finish line, he was just he was looking glorious. Uh, I think Pierre Gasly was tremendous um, in that AlphaTauri car. He really pushed, you know, he, you know. He, Charles even said it on the um, in the post race conference that you couldn't catch up to Pierre, which is crazy considering like it's AlphaTauri. We're talking about Ferrari, you know what I mean? Like I know Ferrari's had like a bit of a dip in performance the past couple of years, but still, like this, the Honda engine was immaculate this weekend um, for. Zanfort. And I think, um, I think uh, I want to say that uh, it's kind of a sign to come for Gasly. I think he's going to finish in the top five going forward because I really think he's on top of form right now in that AlphaTauri. Erica, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, the race itself, we saw some drama start to unfold within a few of the teams. I mean, especially early on with Alpine seeing Ocon and Alonzo kind of going back and forth over the radio, like Ocon saying, he's too slow, I need to get past, and Alonzo being like, oh, if he says I'm too slow, I'm going to pick it up then. Uh, I have my note just from the beginning. Uh, it says, Fernando, king of overtakes. Because right at the beginning, <laughs> like a couple laps in, and he had already passed, I think, Gio and uh, Ocon. So I was like, oh, he's making moves so early on, which was fun to see. And I mean, I think it was just one of those in a way, like as fun as it was and as exciting it was to be at this track again for the first time in so long, I thought it was a pretty stereotypical race for the most part. I mean, we saw some movement on the grid, obviously, with like Checo overtaking so many people in order to fight his way into the points. Very surprised with Norris's performance that he really couldn't find any pace in the McLaren car. I mean, he was out in Q1, which was insane. Like, I don't think anyone expected that at all. But, um, I mean, we're five laps in and we have Hamilton complaining about his tires, which is not not once, not twice, not three times. I think the F1 meme, we'll get to F1 memes, but there must have been like seven complaints throughout the whole race. And even Max Verstappen said, is Hamilton complaining about his tires (laughs) again? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, because it was because GP came on to the GP came on the radio and he gave a time. <laughs> it was just I think the ran, the race was running so smoothly that he's like, okay, was he complaining about something or what? <laughs> just classic. Like it was just so funny. I mean, we always joke about that, but for it to be so early on, like you're literally five laps into a race, even on a soft tire, you're expecting to probably go for like at least 20 on such a short track, even though you're just like giving her on the banks and everything. But um, I really wanted to commend Red Bull because I think it was awesome. Like when Hamilton pitted as early as he did for new tires, they responded extremely quickly and were able to, you know, kind of if, if they needed to, it could have been a one stop strategy on those hard tires, but to then kind of push it to try to, you know, battle back at the end when Mercedes went for the two stopper. Um, I think it was just really great work and shows, you know, how effective they are. We've seen them be so quick in the pit even though, you know, they've kind of changed the regulations and they have to take a little bit more time now, but it just proves that they're a machine and that they're not really out of the running when it comes to the Constructors' Championship just yet. To your point, Erica, I was going to say, I think Red Bull left points on the table because I think if Checo didn't flat spot his tire going into turn one that early on the hards, they could have had a top seven. I would would say they could have finished around fifth, sixth. I think Checo could have finished around fifth, sixth. And you, who knows, right? And those are big points considering now the gap is 12 points um, for constructors. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I kind of forgot about that. I mean, I was, I was really surprised because starting from the pit lane as he did, I wouldn't have expected, you know, kind of that lockup going into the first turn because there wasn't really as much traffic going on around him. But it definitely, I think, altered the course of Checo's race versus what we would have seen had that not happened. Absolutely. Can we just take in that Max Verstappen is 23 years old? And I don't know if you guys saw this stat. He broke 1,000 laps. I actually, it's one of my notes. 1,000 laps led already. And he's 23 years old. It's, it's crazy. Like, and to think, I, I wonder if Lewis had retired, say, earlier. I wonder how many world championships Max would have had by now um, in that Red Bull car. I'm going to say at least two. At least two, yeah, I think so. At least two. Yeah, from the last two. Like, definitely, I think last year and the year before, he was a strong contender for it. So had Hamilton. I mean, I just saw an article today that kind of popped up on Google. There's there's rumors that Hamilton's maybe going to hang around for the end of this contract, maybe another two-year extension. But he's getting older. I mean, as much as we see Alonzo hanging around for so long and still just absolutely crushing it. I don't know if Hamilton's going to be willing to to stick around the same way with all the other stuff he's got going on. So I think like it's tougher for him to stick around longer as Alonzo because he's been winning so much and that constant pressure of having to be the world number one, I think it's just starting to, it's getting to him, I think a little bit in the sense that it's just, it's just constant, constant pressure, especially media attention in Britain for him being number one. I would love personally to see, I know this is a pretty bad take, but I would love to see, or some people might say it's a bad take. I would love to see Hamilton win 10 world like world titles because that would be like the double digit world championships. It would be insane. And, you know, the core of the core of racing in terms of, you know, Russell, Leclerc, uh, Gasly, Max, like they're so young still that there's going to be many of years ahead or there's going to be tremendous racing when Hamilton leaves, but it would be really interesting to see if Max could get to 10. I mean, sorry, if Lewis could get to 10. I, I think that like that would obviously be the dream because I can't see, obviously we're going to get into some of the driver changes that happened this week, 
but I cannot see Lewis Hamilton going anywhere from Mercedes. Like he is going to be there towards the, till, till the end of his career. Um, and yeah, like I, I want to jump into the drivers, but not just yet. Cause we have our favorite new segment that has been requested and everyone's excited about this. Uh, we can say for the F1 memes, what was your favorite meme from this weekend at the Dutch Grand Prix? I'm going to start with Erica. What was your favorite? Go to, go to Andrew. I feel like there's just, oh man, oh. I've spent most of my time on Instagram looking at that F1 troll account and just absolutely staring at it. You guys have seen it in all of our group chats. I'm just like, here's a meme. Here's a meme. So for the, for those that are uh, new to the pod, uh, I know this is only episode four, but we want to recommend everyone follow the F1 troll underscore on Instagram. It has got the best fire memes of formula one. And as I'm late to the show, I'm literally pulling up my favorite one. I think uh, my favorite one had to be, I don't know. I got, so my, yeah, go, go, Andrew, my go, favorite please. one is um, <laughs> Avengers end game when Captain Rogers comes back, right? That picture on the bench. And James says, Valtteri, about the fastest lap attempt. And Valtteri goes, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> uh, my favorite one is the, um, that was posted like last week where it was the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, where it's uh, Jack Sparrow, who is Lewis, and he's just running. And then all the Dutch fans are, all the pirates are the Dutch fans and all like total wolf or they're all on the boat. They're like, come, come. <laughs> just so trying I, to escape out of the Dutch Grand Prix alive. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Erica. So mine was from, uh, I don't know. It was a few days ago, but it's a Rick and Morty spoof. So you know how uh, Rick made the butter robot and it's like, what is my purpose? And so you just put butter on toast. That's it. Oh my God. And it's Bottas, and it's like, what is my purpose? You sacrifice your race to maybe cost Verstappen a second. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh. <laughs> or I like, just... another one I loved this week was um, the meme of uh, who they're like. I forget who's lying down, and it, it's like looking at the picture, and it's Gunter Steiner looking at last year's Haas team. Oh my god! That they had him back. Because how much it, it is insane. I think Mick and Nikita absolutely despise each other on that team. Yes, that one. Yeah. Mick and Nikita absolutely despise each other from the sounds of because you know both have a ton to prove. Yeah, going forward, but it is. I uh, you could tell there's a lot of animosity on that team, and I look forward to that Drive to Survive episode coming this season. I think it's going to be like even last week at Zandvoort, I mean, what was it in qualifying when we saw, you know, they kind of ruined the flying lap for someone there because it was, they Vettel. Were, it was Vettel. Yeah, because they were trying to, you know, jockey for position, even though I think it had been clear that they were letting Mazepin out first just because he typically yeah. posts the faster lap. But I mean, we're, we're still seeing it kind of through the week where uh, they're just, you know, at each other's throats trying to prove, you know that they've got what it takes not only to be on this team, but potentially another team down the road, if they're really looking to kind of like improve and grow their careers within the league. Right. So. And I, and I wonder if that's just like, now we're at the, the midpoint of the season or past the midpoint of the season where, you know, a couple of the early races as like, if you're competing with your other driver, you can get, you know, whatever, I'm not really going to make a big deal about that, but like, 
as we kind of go into the next segment, but like if anything's out on the line for the, the remainder of the season, and especially, you, just, you know, you want to be number one because nobody likes being number two on a team. Um, and I think the last meme I'll end off is changing the Dutch national anthem to Supermax. That got <laughs> 3.6 million uh, on uh, is it the sign the petition website. I forget what it's called. Yes. Change.org. Yes. So that <laughs> one had uh, that. I think that was my favorite one. Um, so now we're getting to the best part. I So look, guys, I just had one thing to talk about for the driver's change. And this is when we talked on Monday in our group chat, where is our legendary ice cold Kimi Raikkonen announces that this is going to be his last F1 uh, season in formula one. And, you know, uh, it's been a great year. Uh, he's won, uh, he won one world champion. Um, he's been with a number of teams. He's been in this for, I think almost 20 years from Lotus to Ferrari to Alfa Romeo. Um, I'm forgetting the other teams, but, um, just the legacy of Kimi Raikkonen. Um, I'll just turn it over to let's go Erica. What, what, are you going to be sad that ice cold man is gone? I'm so sad. It's like we talked about the other week when we were like, which driver would you love to have a beer with? Kimmy was, you know, kind of my go-to pick there. Um, I, I do think it's kind of hilarious that right after he announced that he's retiring, he is out with COVID for at least two races. Um, very, very kind of like fortuitous timing on the part of the guy who really hates press conferences and probably didn't want to talk to anyone about the fact that he was ti- uh, retiring. Mm-hmm. But I mean, anytime we have someone who is a little more senior, who's been, you know, like kind of a mentor or who has brought so much to the sport and has achieved so much success, it's, it's really sad to see them go. And especially to have such a great personality kind of step back a little bit, like imagine what would happen, you know, if Daniel Ricardo announced it was his last season because he's such a character in the paddock. Like, even though Kimmy is a little bit more stoic and quiet, he still is so much fun to kind of have around and see, talk to people. So I'll be sad to see him go, but, uh, you know, kind of wish him all the best. And I'm excited to see, you know, what he gets up to afterward. Andrew, what's your thoughts on the ice, man? I think F1 is losing a great character in Kimmy. I don't think there's anyone like him, but I don't think there's everyone going to ever be anybody like him. There will only always be one Kimmy, one Iceman. Uh, just the way he connects with, the, you know, the, I saw a comment on a YouTube video. It was like F1's greatest rivalries. It had, um, I think it was like Vettel and Weber. It was, or Vettel Alonso. It was Rosberg and Hamilton. And then it was Kimmy and the F1 PR team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just think Kim, Kimmy's got he's such a he's such a layback guy. I think everyone really respected him too on the track. You could tell like he was a he was a big uh influence in Geo at Alfa Romeo and he's gonna really miss him. But I yeah, I, I don't think it the F1's losing a really great guy in Kimmy to retirement, and I hope he comes back in some form of capacity later down the road. Um it would be hilarious if he came back in an analysis role. I was going to say right. FIA. Pre- I was going to say FIA president. Yeah. Like, can you imagine those like press conferences? <laughs> um, awesome. Do you not, do you guys realize that he won the 2007 championship by one point? Yeah. One point. Oh my goodness. Over, over I think Hamilton in his rookie year, which was like crazy. Yeah. 
So he he's leaving at this as we stand as it's September 10th. Uh, he's leaving Formula One with 21 wins, 103 podiums, 1865 uh, career points, 18 pole positions and 46 uh, fastest laps. Love it. So um, so as we kind of build. Oh, go, go ahead. I was just going to say also some killer lines in interviews. Like, I oh, just yes. Where it was like, Hel- a helmet has a special meaning for many drivers. How important is it to you? It protects my head. <laughs> <laughs> I love, like, when they did, like, the F1 Drive to Survive. They did, like, the uh, previews for the next season. And it goes like, yeah, this is just a hobby for me. <laughs> <laughs> the Marshawn Lynch. this so seriously. He's like, yeah, I, could, I can quit at any time, really. <laughs> the Marshawn Lynch of... F1. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Honestly. You started a Formula One race at 21. If uh, What would you say to that 21-year-old now? Nothing. I wouldn't talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still think my favorite Kimi Raikkonen moment is uh, the Monaco Grand Prix where his car just completely just, I think he had to pull over, I think, engine failure, and then he just walks to his yacht. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like a boss. Like, just, I don't care about seeing you in the paddock. I'm going to the yacht. Peace out. Peace, I'm out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm going to miss it'll be, this. It'll be sad to see him go. I'm hoping that, you know, he has a good end to the season once he's back and then fighting for him again. Uh, it would be it would be fun to kind of see what all is happening, especially now that Geo in the alpha car has just been, like, crushing qualifying. Like, what the hell happened? The guy all of a sudden, like, there's some – there's some drama in the driver's market, a little bit of, you know, not knowing where he's going to be next year. And all of a sudden, yeah, I'm just going to start performing well. <laughs> you know, two back-to-back Q3, like Q3 achievements. I'm like, where the heck have you been all season long? Dude, I need you for my fantasy. This is like, I purposely picked you and you're not helping me out. <laughs> now you come out and do this. Well, I don't like, know. All I have is just Geo Four with like seven question marks beside it after one of the. That's what I mean. Like I see him put it these times in Q one and Q two today, like third and fourth. I'm like, is there a glitch, or is this actually Geo? Or are you just playing F one on amateur mode? F one twenty one. Twenty twenty one on amateur. The AI mode. levels like at five. <laughs> just flying around on his Alpha Romeo. Uh, so leading into it, so that was the big news at the starting of the week. And that actually kind of escalated everything else. So I think there was no secret with this one. Mr. Saturday, George Russell is going to Mercedes. The worst kept secret finally confirmed. There was literally a Twitter account that like tweeted every day. Is George Russell at Mercedes yet? (laughs) (laughs) You could just tell in his face and then the press conference answers like just announce it. I think they're waiting for, I think they wanted to wait for Kimmy to announce his retirement so that they could just announce the Bottas move to alpha and then, you know, Lev give Valtteri his day so that they can announce George or Mercedes. Sure. I think it's more so, out of respect to Valtteri. I, I didn't think, well, actually I said this earlier in one of the early episodes, I didn't see myself. I didn't see Bottas going to, Williams I felt like he would have to go to another team and it would make sense of him going to Alfa Romeo um I felt like if he got offered at Williams it would probably been a straight retirement um I don't know just like if you want to I obviously I get it like you want to if you're playing at Mercedes do you want to go back to your home team Williams yes but like would you want to maybe try something different and go to Alfa Romeo um 
But yeah, I kind of, I, that did throw me off. Uh, it kind of was just like, as we said, when Kimi retired, then George going and then Bottas going to Alfa Romeo and then open the door to Alex Albon coming back in. Which is so exciting. I mean, he's quite the talent for still being so young, like some of these other guys, but unfortunately just the way circumstances have unfolded, he hasn't really got the same kind of fighting chance as the rest of them. So despite the fact that it's not the Red Bull car that he was racing in before, I mean, we've seen Williams in the last couple of weeks make some great strides. So here's hoping that having someone with, you know, more experience, also joining Latifi who re-signed, uh, will put Williams in a good position for next year. I think with the regulation changes next season, there's going to be a lot of more close racing in the midfield that area. So I think the driver is going to be really key for your team next season. I think, again, I said, Albon, you know, Red Bull's second seat has always been sort of a, uh, ever since Ricardo's left, it's kind of been, you know, a career, a career adjuster for sure, especially with Gasly and then um, Albon taking the seat and then just losing it as, you know, a season later to Perez. So I'm really happy he's back. I think it was kind of, uh, it, there's a lot of expectations in that Red Bull team for your second seat. And I just, I think Albin kind of got caught up in that. So he's been racing really well with um, the DTM, like that Red Bull uh, AlphaTauri team in DTM. So I think it's going to translate well. And plus he's been doing a lot of great works in the sim for Red Bull this season. That's where um, they've been really impressed with them. So I, I think it's a great move for him to go to Williams this year, next year. Absolutely. And I think with the team environment there too, because Nikki's already been pretty open, like so excited to, you know, get this team going um, as opposed to the more like cutthroat singular focus of Red Bull, it might be a refreshing change of pace. Uh, but yeah, like with the, like you mentioned, I mean, we've got the different spending rules coming into effect next year and it might, you know, having someone like Bottas at Alfa Romeo might be like a total game changer. And then the same goes with Williams having some of these guys there too. And I mean, we're also seeing Latifi do better. So, and kind of come into his own in the last few weeks as well. So I'm excited to see how this all gets shaken up next year with some of these moves coming into play. A uh, couple other things that we might've missed. Uh, Pierre Gasly, Yuki Sonoda retained by AlphaTauri for 2022. Um, there was also another article that came out earlier this week that Sebastian Vettel um, his future with Austin Martin will be determined, I think, after the Italian Grand Prix. So that will be very interesting to see how that kind of. I'm surprised. Like I, yeah. I, th- I figured he'd be there for quite a bit, quite a little while longer. Yeah. I wonder if people. I think the expectation was maybe too high. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, but I don't think Aston Martin's car is good this year. I don't think they did a great job on their car overall. Their package this year. I mean, we've seen them pull some great results out, but it's been inconsistent at best, that's for sure. And I mean, for anyone who's got the expectations high on Vettel, I mean, it's very clear that he's skilled, but as we saw even at Ferrari in the last year or two, like if you don't have a good car under you, there's only so much you can do, really. And there's reports that I think Lord Stroll, he's a guy who doesn't like to lose, and I think he's going to be pumping a ton of money into that Aston Martin facility. Mm-hmm. And the team. And I think you need a guy like Vettel. I think he works really well with Lance um, behind the scenes and as a teammate. And I, I don't see why you would not want to have a guy like Vettel on your team, especially going into 2022 when the regulations have big changes. 
You hey. want good drivers on your team, and Vettel, he, he is a very good driver. And I think it's also good for uh, for Lance uh, Lance to have like that father again, like obviously like the 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 Vettel to the Mick, like that fatherly figure on the team that can like at least be there and just like, hey man, like no, you had a bad race, I had my bad races too. Regardless, I'm a four time champion. Like, tell me who's a better like, driver in the market right now to replace Vettel. I can't really think of any. What Felipe Massa? Oh yeah, exactly right. <laughs> who Circa gets 20, asked? Who Circa gets 2010 asked, maybe? <laughs> so who gets asked Hamilton a question about one point? To, oh, I don't my, know if you guys missed that today. Yeah, I saw uh, that was classic. One of the more awkward moments I've seen in a while. Just so funny. <laughs> So, Lewis, how do you think this is going to happen, uh, go down to one point of the season where basically Lewis Hamilton beat you by one point in your your year? I think, was it 20, 2006? No. Because it was Brasilia, It was the Brazilian Grand Prix where Felipe Massa came one, and everyone thought that he won. He won the race, but thought they won the championship. And then Hamilton, around the last corner, overtook. People in the comment section, please let us know because we're all blanking right now. He was dating Nicole Scherzinger at the time. Yeah. So it had to be like 2008 to 2010 area. He won what? He won an 08. I don't know because Pussycat Dolls were a bit. <laughs> I'm going up here based on when Nicole Scherzinger was popular. <laughs> but like, it could have been any time between like 06 to, to 2010. But he's got seven. That was, that's going no, like, I think it was 08. I really think it was 08. In the comment section, let us know. We're gonna we're gonna need some corrections this episode. Um, but speaking about the comment section, fan questions. We got some killer fan questions that came in earlier this week. Um, so uh, I'm gonna send the first one to Erica. Uh, this one is from one of my people from my fantasy. What do you think of these one-off liveries? Am I saying it right? Yep. Liveries being better than the normal liveries. And the reason why we're talking about that is Alfa Romeo uh, put out for their, uh, I think it's their, the anniversary of their team. Uh, they put out a really nice one out for the Italian Grand Prix. Um, Alfa and McLaren's one-off blow, do they, are they much better than their current ones? Uh, or do you think that this is just for a show? Um, and if not, this is maybe asking for enough. If there's one livery that really stood out, which one was it? Okay, so to start things off, I love some of the designs that have come out this week for Monza. I think they're so fun. I think it's an awesome way to kind of embrace the history of the team, the spectacle that is the Temple of Speed. Like, it's just so cool. And like Alfa Romeo in particular, I found their car this year, like, it's been very kind of plain and not all that exciting to watch. I've actually thought that about a couple of them. Like, I really miss having the bright pink force one car on the track just something a little bit more out there and you know i have a background in design and graphics and in my mind it's like if you can make the pretty car which you've now shown us this week why not always have the pretty car because we all know that it makes you seem faster if you look cooler while you're driving which you know would be kind of fun but uh I do think that doing these type of libraries is just, you know, a great way to celebrate these kind of more iconic tracks to help them stand out a little bit more than something that's, you know, less exciting and more kind of typical and expected in a season. Uh, 
but I, I, I do just wish that maybe some more of this kind of, you know, like fun look had been incorporated into what we would see throughout the season as a standard, uh, just to, you know, keep things a little bit more interesting. And I don't know, I like things that look nice. Let's, let's make the fast car look nice too. And again, I know Andrew, you're a baseball fan too, but like, you know, when the MLB did that game out in the middle of the fields, mm-hmm. um, there's the oh, field of dreams. Field of dreams. Yes. Oh. So they had the old, old well, uniforms and they walked out of the cornfield, just like in the movie. It's just like kind of brings a little extra and especially like the Italian Grand Prix. Like this is like the home track for, for like for Ferrari and Alfa Romeo. Um kind of gets a little of excitement and I'm actually like really happy that there's actually fans this weekend. I think it's uh Leclerc said 50% capacity is at least yeah. there, but at least like the Tifosi's out there uh, supporting the drivers. So, I mean, I really like the Alfa Romeo. I think they should just keep, keep it for the whole season. Cause it's a nice touch too, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's a nice, it's a nice green stripe to it. You know, it, it's not like they didn't change like the whole livery. They just added a nice component to it. And I think, it should always, I think it should be a mainstay them going forward. I'm just looking through it right now. And there's so many like fun little details on it too. Like if we're looking back toward the rear, just before the wing, they've got like the nice stripes, but they're showing like 1910, the founding 2021, Mm -hmm. they've got the shamrock in there too. Like there's just some really nice details and touches to it that I agree. I would love to see on the, on the car through the rest of the season. So Erica, Andrew's very fired up with this question. Uh, so we had another fan question come in today. Um, Andrew, are you ready for this? So what is up with Albon wearing Alphatari shirts in all of his Williams promo videos and photos? Is something up with Williams and Red Bull? Will they switch PU suppliers? I think Andrew's got the deets on this. So I'm going to send this question to you. So this is my personal opinion. I think <laughs> that because, so in DTM, Albon races under the AlphaTauri um, brand, I guess, right, for Red Bull. I guess in the event he may have just forgot to wear any Williams clothing, they didn't provide it, or you know, just figured, hey, it's white and blue, same colors as us, <laughs> just put it on. But, hey, you never know. Like F1 has got so many tricks in its bag, has so many behind-the-scenes things, behind things that we don't even know about. So they could be switching PU suppliers, but I just think it was more so the timing of, if then the underlying issue, I think we're making a lot out of nothing in that case. But again, we never know. I just, I thought it was so funny. Like when you think about all the money and how long this was probably in the works, it's like, really, you couldn't, you couldn't get him like one white t-shirt that had Williams on it. Well, it could also be a thing too, that like, maybe it's like a Red Bull gesture to say that he's still under the Red Bull team, but we're like, it's kind of like a loan deal to Williams. Or, or just like kind of like in his contract, he can't wear any other outfit until maybe like the it's end true. of the season. So that's that's actually probably another reason why he couldn't actually put on another team's cut. Because I actually I actually don't think uh, I didn't think we see that last year. No, we didn't see that last year where the drivers, when they announced their changes that they other than people photoshopping on 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 social media. But they just said, yeah, I'm going to like, for example, Vettel's like I'm going to Austin Martin next year in a full red out. Uh, Ferrari outfit. And he's just like, yeah, that's I'm doing this. It so. probably is contract. There's probably contractual obligations there to not do it. Yeah, because some of those sponsorship deals, there's like timelines and such in them. And I mean, last year was also an anomaly too because the 2020 season was like a little bit more affected by 
COVID than what we're seeing this year. So that may have a hand in it. Also, Vettel was just really done with Ferrari at that point, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm crying over here if anyone's watching the pod. So um, so at least happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Yes. Uh, being a Ferrari fan, the Italian Grand Prix, we are going to Monza, a.k.a. the Temple of Speed. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I've had this marked on my calendar since the calendar actually came out. Yeah. Um, not because that Ferrari did so poorly last year. Um I think there's this renewed optimism. I mean, unfortunately, Leclerc and Carlos Sainz said that this weekend does not look like the weekend for them. Having said that, um, I'm I'm like I'm very hopeful for a 2019 Leclerc win. Um, but uh, I guess what's everyone's thoughts going into this weekend? And we're filming this on Friday night, so we might have already watched the qualifying. Well, qualifying in quotations. <laughs> qualifying not the real the- stuff is tomorrow yeah <laughs> erica you go first i'm super excited i think uh you know this being the second time that f1's doing the sprint qualifying at the temple of speed will be so hectic and so fun to see i mean this today just even watching people in qualifying you know trying to do an outlap while someone else is on their flying lap like it was just traffic all over the place so i think we're going to see some very competitive racing this weekend and as like you said, like it, it didn't look like it was going to be the weekend for Ferrari. They were what P7 and P8 coming out of qualifying today. But I think the opportunity is still there. And I think going into that first turn is going to be absolutely insane. And we're going to see a lot of action happen there. That's just going to completely shake up the grid, which is, you know, not out of the norm, but will be very fun. I... I agree with that. I love, I, I, you know, just even driving like Monza on the F1 game. It is such a fun, it's such a fast track. Like you can go all out the entire way, except, and, you know, the chicanes are quick, except for the, of course, the first one's not, you know, the first chicane is more of like a fit 90 degree turn that I open it, but like the remaining chicanes are so quick, high speed corners. I do think it's going to be a little tough to maybe overtake there. Yeah. Um, depending on, cause it depends, it's really dependent on the, on the constructors flatline speed this week. Like I think Mercedes are going to blow the doors off of everybody this come weekend. And I think Hamilton's going to win this by at least 20 seconds. I, I don't see Red Bull being that competitive just based on their package right now. Like for this, for Monza, I think Mercedes has got them in the bag. And, um, but you know, again, this was like, Pierre Gasly won the race last year. Expect anything to happen here. So I'm looking forward to such a crazy race. Sprint qualifying and the race are just going to be a time. And plus it's Monza. It's a beautiful circuit. So I'm really excited going into this weekend. And like you, Richie, I have this one marked down because it is a, you cannot miss a minute of action there. Like it's just crazy of just the track and just the history, especially you know, we talk about Max Verstappen winning the Dutch Grand Prix and anytime a Ferrari driver can win in Monza or the Italian Grand Prix, just, it's, it's, it's just like, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, we saw that in 2019 with Charles Leclerc. And then like when Michael Schumacher won it, I think it was the 2000, yeah, the 2000 season where he tied a uh, Senna and he got like very emotional at the end of the end of the race. Um, I, I mean, even like when Vettel won it in 2008, um, just, just 
like it's just it's just a very exciting it's a very exciting track and you know if if lewis hamilton can win this i think he will this will be his sixth time winning at the the monza um so like he will overpass michael schumacher's race and i think he is still uh hamilton is still sitting at 99 f1 wins so he's still trying to crack that 100 so if he can pull this off at monza like that that's that's just another check mark under the belt of his like his his career so I I'm really excited. Like I would like when we will get to the predictions, I, I, I think I had, it's pretty safe bet on who we think will be on the podium. But um, you know, if we talk about 2020, like you had the safety car on lap 20 and then you had Lewis Hamilton go in when he wasn't supposed to pit and when the pit lane was closed and yeah, anything can happen on that first turn, especially you, you mentioned that Andrew, when like as, Anybody who's going to be watching the video of me trying to play this this track, um, anything can happen on that first turn. I think if, if Hamilton didn't have that, if didn't Hamilton didn't give himself that penalty last year, he would have won no problem. So mm-hmm. I really think Mercedes has the package to just absolutely dominate this weekend, and I'm expecting a Hamilton victory by far, with no shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I'm I'm also on board with the Hamilton victory. I mean, basically what we saw today in qualifying was that no one can touch the Mercedes. Like even Hamilton on his best lap, kind of coming in under that 120 and the 119s is still several tenths off what they're putting up there on the board. So I, I think it's pretty safe to say that on this track, their Mercedes is going to be sitting pretty and doing well. I think McLaren's going to have a very good weekend. Oh, great qualifying, both for Norris and Danny Rick today to come in at four or five there and almost lock out the second row. row. I mean, well, I mean, I guess they will be locking out the second row, assuming that everyone kind of finishes in a similar spot. What with Bottas going to the back of the grid. But my goodness. <laughs> you see that weird, that Danny Rick post qualifying interview today? It was so weird. I was like, is he okay? So I haven't watched it yet. I need you to kind of walk me through that. <laughs> Andrew, give us a play-by-play, man. So they were. he was talking about, um, I think he was a little upset the fact that he just couldn't pass Lando. I think it was like six hundred six thousandths of a second off on Lando's quality time. I'm just going to confirm that. Yeah, six thousandths of a second off on his quality time. But he kept looking to the left and just like into outer space. So I, I, something's on his mind, but he just, he was answering the question and he just seemed internally, there's something, he mentioned something about there's an internal issue. I, I, I don't know if the love's all there right now. McLaren for Danny Rick, but look, I, yeah, I hope, ahead, yeah. I, I really hope he does well this weekend. Like he, he really needs a podium this season and we missed the shoeys. We need a shoey. Hope he gets it this weekend. I, 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 it's funny that you mentioned that, like internally, Erica. You go not only Eric, but the fans. You got to really watch these post game interviews, as in, in a post not post game post race <laughs> interviews. Had my different sports uh, at the uh, oh, she's throwing it off on a Friday night. Um, yeah, because we saw these stories of him and Lando being best buddies when, like him when he was at uh, Renault and like Lando was still at McLaren and they walk by, they jokingly say, and then just like the minute they get on the same team, like it's just, uh, it's just internally like, or is it, Andrew, or is he pulling a fit fast one? And he's probably like quitting F1 or he just, there's some secret deal that just comes out of the middle of nowhere. Like he takes Checo's spot. again. <laughs> I don't know. I think, well, he signed a two year deal with McLaren. I, 
I, yes. I want to say he signed a two-year deal, but he did that with Renault last year, like the la- his last deal. And then that next season, before the even season, 23 season started, he announced his transfer to like McLaren. So who knows? He could be in an Aston Martin car for next year of all I all I know. Right. I I I, I again I think I, I think there was maybe in the fact I don't know if Danny towed Lando quite a bit today. And if the fact that he towed De- uh, Lando quite a bit and he's only 6,000 seconds off of him, I think Danny Rick is going to have a strong performance this weekend. Um, just being like being able to do that because we saw Perez or Checo, he, he towed Max and he's like seven tenths off. He is so far behind Max when it comes to that toe. So I, I'm really curious. To, I, I don't know what's going on at McLaren. They keep it tight. They keep it pretty tight lipped around um, McLaren. I don't think Zach Brown wants to get any of that out. But yeah, I don't know if uh, Lando and Danny are as tight as they used to be because I think um, Lando's a very competitive guy yeah. um, going forward. And I think there's probably a little bit of animosity going into that. Uh, paddock where I, I just think Danny needs to understand he's not number one anymore. You're past your prime, buddy. You are the number two. So enjoy the races. <laughs> That's definitely got to be a bit of a bruised ego on his part there for sure. Especially like you mentioned, if you're knowing that you gave someone a toe and you're still so close, you're just like, what if I hadn't been the one giving the toe? I could have, you know, done so much better. But, but the thing is, it doesn't matter today. Like tomorrow's yeah. when it matters. Like in I yeah, relative, relatively speaking, think you think it should end up around the same, but again, anything can happen here. Yeah. I think I watched but when I'm, oh, oh, go ahead. Oh no, you go, Erica, all you. You 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 are ready. I was just gonna throw a curveball. But people have kind of been talking about that even, you know, early on in the season that Danny Rick and Norris weren't really the bromance that they that everyone was hoping for. And that really it was more like Sunoda and Gasly were giving everyone the kind of like touchy feely vibes, which we've seen through like so much random promo content that's gone out. But I think we've got two highly competitive guys, one who is still, you know, trying to build his career a little more to to show everyone what he's got and the other guy who is known to be a good racer but is getting a little older and so you've kind of got these competing egos and maybe the team doesn't even quite know who to you know kind of put the their eggs in the basket for because danny rick is definitely doing better in his first season in the mclaren versus what you saw at Renault a couple years ago so i think it'll be Worth seeing how the rest of this season pans out, but I think there'll probably be some murmurings before the 2022 season if, you know, it's not very clear where McLaren stands and if they're not really managing these two boys to the best of their ability. Speaking about senior, did you guys see that F1 troll photo of Kimi Raikkonen? So they had his master splinter in the four Ninja Turtles (laughs) of, I think it was Lando, uh, Russell, Oh my gosh, guys, help me here. Um, Is it George? George. No, didn't I just, or I said Russell. Albon. Oh, right. Oh, who's the fourth one? Max. Max? Was it Max? Yeah. I think it was Max, yeah. And they had it, they had it like senior splinter, like kind of walking them out as, but with like Kimmy of the name. And then like they were walking him out. And then like 20 years later, it's them walking Kimmy out. Because they, they all, the turtles are all grown up. Anyways, so. Speaking about seniors, but yeah, I, I actually like, I totally agree. I, it, it'll be interesting because especially now that Ferrari's ahead in the constructors, 
and and like i wonder if zach is like like daniel you got to pick it up man like we need to, if they want to if they want to have a successful season p3 is in the constructors is like their ultimate goal should be their their team the team goal right now yeah i i think they're gonna i think they're gonna I think 11 points on Ferrari this week is going to be catchable for Mercedes, just considering their performance. I think they'll be able to tighten that gap. No offense, Richie, no problem. I look, I, as much as I want red, uh, sorry, not Red Bull, uh, Ferrari to do well this season. I, I, sorry, not this season, this race, it's, it's a tough track. And as someone who, as Andrew, as you saw me trying to race the track yesterday, it's, uh, <laughs> I was all over the place, man. I crashed. I took out as no, I took out Mazepin and Oh, that's that was the best <laughs> on, on stream. <laughs> Richie spins out one of the corners at Zanford and Mazepin tries to avoid him. And as he does, Richie backs into his back tire and Mazepin literally just goes all the way into the wall and just terminal damage everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, yes, amazing. <laughs> and I was like, this is where I had the stream. This yeah, is perfect. He this stream. Is what... I, he had the stream right away. I was like, where'd you go? <laughs> I dropped the controller. I'm like, I'm done. This is what I needed. This is what the people wanted this is what the people and speaking about the people they want to know your predictions for this weekend so let's talk about last weekend um sorry andrew nobody just thinks that you deserve a half a point that's okay yeah you have to pander to the public at one point and if they uh, you have to give the people what they want right yes uh so erica got two points last week because she said max verstappen hamilton and checo I got two points last week because I said Max, Hamilton, and Checo. And Andrew got one point last week because he got Max, excuse me, Lando, and Hamilton. So, people, Temple of Speed, the Italian Grand Prix, what is your podium prediction? And also, who do you think is going to surprise us this weekend? So before we dig into predictions, I just want to point out that I'm really mad at anyone who created like Word or Excel because it corrects Lando to Landon every time I type his name, and it's just very annoying. Just said, add, just said, I, I add think the dictionary. I, I think that I know, was targeted. But it's to like, me. <laughs> like they should just do better, Microsoft and Google. Just do better. That's. Me sitting here in my little Burlington apartment, just do better. <laughs> anyway. Uh, like, how do you uh, not know who Lando Norris is? Like, come on. Come on. Just get with the program, dude. I know what you're feeling, Erica, because today I was working in a document and then all of, like in a word file. And then all of a sudden, like I was keep, I was getting redlined on everything. <laughs> Turns out the proofing language is in French. I hit what? some, I, I had some button that went from English to French. I was like, what the hell's going on here? So. As soon as I put it back, everything cleared up. <laughs> or my favorite is when you're typing in a document and you actually, I forget what button it is, but you you hit the certain button and then instead of like spacing, it just deletes the word. And you're, oh like, you're, my God. And you're freaking out. You're like, oh my gosh, how do I fix this? <laughs> yeah. Or like when you actually hit control N instead of shift N and you type a whole new document going into it, you're like, oh God. <laughs> so anyway, now that I'm done lamenting about word processing... Um, my predictions for this week, uh, based on, you know, what we've seen, again, this is kind of colored by FP1 earlier today, and then again, by qualifying, I'm putting Hamilton in the top spot, hands down. I think he's just going to run away with this. I'm hopeful that with Bottas starting at the back of the grid, we're going to get Max in P2. 
um you know he's still putting up a competitive time but not you know i he's not going to catch hamilton in my opinion and then again we're seeing mclaren do really awesome so i'm, I'm not giving up hope on lando or landon as word would say and i i'm so hopeful he's gonna get p3 if he gets p2 and passes max which is entirely possible i think that would be even better but just based on kind of knowing how the season has gone max's skill and being hopeful with the red bull car i'm gonna say hamilton max and then lando in third awesome awesome okay all right let's that's that's good that's good no complaints there andrew what do you think uh, like I've been, likewise with Erica, I've been, Erica, I've been saying this with, you know, throughout the pod today that I think Lewis and that Mercedes package is just an unstoppable force this weekend there. If they lose, it's on them. It's not on, they're not going to win. They're not going to effectively like no one's going to beat them. They're going to lose this race. If they don't, if, if they're not finishing one this week. So I think Lewis number one, if since Valtteri's taken the grid penalty starting back at 20th, I will say max two, but I'm going to go off a little limb here. And I think this is Danny Ricky's freaking weekend. And he is finishing three. You're going, you're going three for Ricardo. I'm going to go three for Ricardo. I think he's got a point to prove, especially after today. I think he's going to beat Lando in the, in the McLaren. I just have a good vibe about Danny Rick. Uh, This could be like, this could be backfired tremendously on me. I don't care. Hamilton one, Max two, Danny Rick three, and watch out for Lance Stroll this week because he's traditionally performed very well here at Monza. I know he didn't have a good day today finishing in P12, but again, hey, Monza, Temple Speed, anything can happen. Who knows? If there if there's a blockade of people in the midfield going in into turn one and just crashing everywhere, just got to get out of it. And I think uh, Stroll's going to have an interesting weekend, to say the least. All right, so I think it's no secret, uh, just based off my thoughts um, and what we've talked about in the pod. I mean, I would love to like. It, I don't see my. I don't see Bottas going from twenty to two. I don't see him pulling like a Checo. So I'm gonna go. P one is gonna be Hamilton. P two is gonna be Max, and P three is gonna be Pierre Gasly. Honestly, not the wildest claim I could think of. Like. It's entirely possible given how he's been doing. So, and my surprise is going to be Carlos Sainz. I think he's been driving some pretty decent um, dr- races lately, not drives, but races lately. So, um, he clearly shows that he's comfortable in the car and he's able to um, prove himself. So, I think he's going to be the outlier this race. Um, but as, as anything happens at the Temple of Speed, just like we saw in 2020 in that podium, um, I won't be surprised if Pierre Gasly somehow pulls it off if there's a bad crash on the first turn. So those are our predictions. Uh, so Erica has Hamilton one, Max two, Lando slash Landon P3. Uh, Andrew has Hamilton one, Max two, Ricardo three, question mark. I will uh, die on that hill <laughs> if I have to. Uh, and then I am going Hamilton one, Max two, and Pierre Gasly uh, P three. And uh, I, we're not rewarding points on outliers, but um, any last closing comments leading into tomorrow's uh, sprint, which I actually it's my first sprint to watch because I missed the last one. So it's it's more so um, not really a comment. I just want to show you uh, you two something. So uh, in 
I guess, in spirit of Monza, Temple of Speed, yeah. as well as with the Schumacher documentary documentary mm-hmm. coming out on Netflix soon. I have a pretty special poster to show you guys. So um, back in like elementary school, my mom whisked me away to Hungary, back to my homeland because I'm part Hungarian to go to a horseback riding camp. So I, you know, I wasn't very good at horseback riding the first time doing it. And then also like, I didn't really speak the language. I can't just speak the language. Right. So I would usually just stay in and just train in the inside, like in the indoors while everyone else was going roaming in the fields and stuff like that with the horses. It was, I became good friends with the horse trainer there and she was a big F1 fan. And around the time Schumacher was a very big, um, you know, it was huge, right. He was an idol. And so she made a legit, she made a legit poster for me to take home. And I'm going to show you right here. This is what she drew. Whoa. So everyone can't see it, but I'm going to get it framed. Um, I've had this since like 2007. I didn't want to, I kept it in like a nice casing so that it wouldn't lose its touch. So I'm going to get this framed or laminated at Staples. And then I'll I'll send a picture for the pod so that you can share that. Uh, if this is, this is pretty special. So Andrew, Andrew, tell, tell people in the pod what exactly it is. Uh, Oh yeah, we'll do. So it's it's an actual, it's it's a hand drawn poster of Michael Schumacher, um, in the, in in the Tafosi red, you know, in his kit looks with um, the Michael Schumacher, you know, style helmet and everything like that. So, oh. uh, it's, it's, it's a work of art It is beautiful. And, um, I'll share a photo with, uh, both of you so that we could post it, um, Richie and, you know, share that with everybody on who listens. I, yeah, I'll definitely post in the next, uh, next pod. Cause I think, uh, we want to get this up, this one up, uh, tonight so we can make sure people get it. Right before they go to bed, they want to hear our beautiful voices for 45 to 50 minutes. Um, oh, and oh, special guest, Erica has brought her cat back into the pod. He's being overly chatty, and I don't know if you've heard, but he got stuck under the bed that's beside me and was just kind of like, eh, every once in a while. So he's been here, he's been listening, and he's had a lot to say. <laughs> oh, he's cheering for Ferrari this weekend. That's what it, that's what your cat's doing. <laughs> he just stuck <laughs> the entire pod in my mouth. <laughs> Um, so on that note, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in to episode five, uh, episode four of the F1 podcast. I am your host, X Ricci, with my two brilliant co-hosts, Andrew. Bye everyone. Good luck this weekend to those racing. And Erica. Bye y'all. Thanks so much for listening. And thank you so much for the support. Uh, We are excited for this weekend at Monza for the Italian Grand Prix. We'll see you guys in the next episode next week. And uh, happy racing this weekend. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Twitch and on SoundCloud so you can hear the great beats. So, again, thank you, and we'll see you in the next episode.